Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford, and welcome back to another edition of the MSP Show. Thanks to the great folks at Blog Talk Radio for giving us a great platform to host this show. Today, I'm joined with a very special guest, gentleman that goes way back to my MSP days in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, when I was out there running around, uh, just getting the business going. Tony Ty, one of the guys who helped me get my business started. And we're going to talk today with Tony about media and PR and how companies today can use the media. And since Tony comes from the media side, he can give you some insights on what what guys like him are looking for when we're sharing stories and sharing ideas with them. So Tony, for the few people that are on that know you as in depth as I am, you don't have to go into this background story, but there's probably a whole bunch of guys out there or people out there that have no idea who Tony Ty is because they were never in the Calgary market. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on uh, your uh, great career as a broadcaster? Well, thanks very much, Stuart, for this platform. And uh, yeah, I, I actually am just recently retired from broadcasting just last uh, August, but spent 43 years in broadcasting in Canada, starting out in Ontario and Southern Ontario and the Belleville, Kingston area, and then moving west to uh, Cranbrook and Penticton, British Columbia, and then settling in Calgary in 1985 and working in radio and television until just last year. So I've, I've done it all in, in the business, uh, you know, from from being a, a radio DJ all the way up to a, a six o'clock news anchor and uh, everything in between. I've also got some experience on the media relations or media training side. I, I actually taught media relations PR at uh, a local community college here in Calgary for a number of years. So I've got an understanding of both sides, what the media is looking for and how to pitch your idea to the media. And I thought that could be something useful for, for your clients for sure. Absolutely. Remember the first time I met you, and I think, I can't remember if I shared this story with you or not, but so I remember we were in Petromet when uh, your lovely wife Anita worked at Petromet and you were in picking her up one day. And you know what, Tony, for the for the life of me, I thought you were Chris Galis. <laughs> Chris Galis, another news anchor in Calgary, only he's about 6'5 and I'm 5'8. <laughs> so I remember walking by and I'm saying, hey, Chris, and you said, hey, and I went, that's not Chris Galis, that's Tony Dye. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if I ever shared that story with you or not, but that was uh, the first time I met you back in, I think, gee, that was 1990, I want to say 1997 or 98, because I just, yeah, mid-90s, sure. Yeah. I just retired from the military at that time and got a job with the IT consulting company that was working with Petromet. Gee, yeah. that was a, that was a long time ago. So, you know, Tony, yeah. so you had a great, you know, you had a great career in Calgary and, uh, you know, I miss, I miss Calgary every single day and, my two boys still live out there, so I try to get out there as often as I can. But, you know, you're, one of your roles, and I think when I first met you, you were covering business and focusing a lot on, uh, you know, the business consumer beat type of That's stuff. That's right. Um, you know, what can you share with us, and you know, from the journalist side, let's say, you know, what are you looking for when 
a company is coming to you with an idea for a story. Because I think, you know, what we say, hey, we're going to say, hey, we're moving. Like, we, we just moved into our new office in Sebring, and one of my guys said, you know, we should put a press release out to the local radio station here. I said, well, they're not going to care that we moved into the circle, but let's, let's figure out a way that we can pitch it so we put some benefit to why we're in, you know, and then coverage that we moved into the downtown circle of Sebring. But tell me, what is a journalist or somebody like you in your role, what are you looking for when companies are sharing ideas for with you? Well, many people uh, still hang on to the old, kind of the old ideas that, you know, um, I got to get my story on the evening news uh, and, and all I have to do is write them a press release and tell them about something I'm doing and, and you know, that will be all I need to do. And that's totally out the window. That's That's changed dramatically now. The media these days, and we're talking about print media, television, radio, and and digital or online media, that's become the new player in, in the business. They're all looking for what's called content. Okay, that's the new buzzword. What What's the content? What can you bring us? What can you add value for us? What can you give us that our audience is going to be interested in? It's not the news media anymore. It's It's What's the audience? What's their target market? Are they broadcasting to women 35 to 55? Are they broadcasting to uh, males, uh, you know, 35 to, to 55? Or is their, their target market the young audience? Is it an older audience? And where do you fit? What's your message or, or what can you bring to them? And, and the key thing is it's got to be something with added value it's got to be information news you can use it can't be guess what we're doing something important oh yeah well what does it mean to me i'm the audience member you've got to think about what are you going to offer that's going to add value to their audience what's their audience going to learn from or take away from what you're bringing to the media and that's kind of where you have to think what's your story but what part of your story is going to benefit or help the people who are listening to the TV or, or radio and are reading the newspaper? So there's a great book, Tony. I'm not sure if you've ever seen this book by an author by the name of David Meerman Scott. And he wrote a book, and I, I read it years ago, on the new rules of marketing and PR. And it's exactly what you're talking about here. The, the days of the old-fashioned press release are pretty much over and yeah. it's really got to it's really got to benefit the audience so like back in our days when we were working together it was you know okay what can we share to the home i always tell IT people sometimes you need to craft your message to the home computer user you know that's what's going to get you uh maybe some coverage on the six o'clock news back in our time like when i remember yeah. one of the stories we worked on was windows xp and uh, and then when when i don't know if windows 7 yeah windows 7 came out and all that mm -hmm. We were working together on, you know, what is the, and you, you know, you kind of coached me on, hey, stay away from the business side. It matters what the person sitting in their dining room watching, watching the news, having dinner is concerned about. The average user, yeah, for sure. That always stuck with me. So, I mean, obviously you want you, and I think you mentioned you want to craft your message to the audience. So if you are, again, if you're writing to the medical community, obviously it's going to be what the doctor and the physician are going to care about or the practice manager or whoever is in that space. You know, what other tidbits of advice can you share when it comes to, you know, crafting your message? How often should you pitch? I mean, I remember David Boucher telling me, you know, keep pitching me every day. I don't get back to you every day, but yeah. I read them every day, right? You know, 
what other great tidbits of advice can you share? Well, let's start with, uh, I have an understanding of, of your clients and, and the audience is going to be listening to this. And I mean, you're going to want to bring something that the media is going to learn from, right? Okay, so the first step in, in any media pitch or any, any attempt to get any type of mass media attention for your company or your business, well, first of all, it's to know understand what you do and what you're bringing to their audience but who are the media the biggest misconception these days is people think you know i'll just write a press release and send it to the newsroom and you know the the newspaper or the tv are going to pick it up and that doesn't work anymore you have to know who the people are in the media if you're interested in any way in getting any type of coverage for whatever you do if you don't know the people you're going after, if you don't know their names, you don't know what their job titles are, if you don't know who they are and how they're different, you've already lost the game because the worst thing you can get, and I'm sure people in business will realize it, they send a letter to you, Stuart, and they've got your name spelled wrong, your title wrong, and what's the first thing you do? I'm not interested. It goes in the, in the waste yeah. back. Basket. Yeah, now today it goes into the deleted items. A deleted items. So the key part is before you even make any attempt to to reach out to the media or mass media for any type of any any kind of kind of coverage, know who they are and know what they do. You know, know the difference between an online web manager, someone who writes strictly for the website for a media, versus the news editor who writes or produces for the, the on-air news programs. You know, know the difference between a copy editor in a newspaper and a radio producer who works behind the scenes organizing the talk show, not the one who you're listening to on the radio, but the person behind the scenes who lines all the stories up. You know, um, the person on the air isn't the one making all the decisions. So you have to understand who's behind the scenes, what they do, get their names, know how to reach them, get their titles right, and and that's the first step. After that, you we have to start talking about what's your message. Exactly. So, you know, Tony, one of the things that I learned and um, people that I worked with in the past, I did some formal Microsoft training, and I had a, a great lady by the name of Sean Duperon that gave me some media training back in my early career. She worked uh, in Detroit, and she was a six-time Emmy award-winning producer. So she gave me some really good tips, and one of them was make sure you get your, your ideas in early. Is there an optimal time of the day to send the ideas into – again, I imagine it would depend on the audience, too. If you're pitching ideas to a blogger, it may not be as important as to a guy like you who's you know getting into the office in the morning and getting their stories straight for the day. You know, the time factor isn't an issue anymore in the media. And I'll tell you why. Uh, sure, we're familiar with the newscasts on television, the radio stations we listen to in the car when we're driving, or you know, picking up the newspaper in the morning. And they all have their deadlines, right? Typically, the old approach is you want to get your your pitch or your idea into the media several days in advance. There's a difference between making an announcement, so on this day, we're going to be making a big announcement that will impact your audience. And then you want to give them at enough advance notice before the announcement, say four or five days, that kind of thing. And there's a difference between that 
and just sending them something with some information. If there's no deadline for it, if there's no day that you're making an announcement, I mean, you can send the idea to someone anytime at any time of the day. Yes, there is a timeline for news releases. Every news department starts planning their day at seven o'clock in the morning. And there are going to be a number of things that happen that day that are going to be priorities they have to cover, you know, local civic politics or uh, government announcements, or maybe it's breaking news, uh, you know, fires, murders, whatever that they're going to have to cover. But they're all planning their day early. So if you're going to send something that you want to get coverage for, don't do it the day it happens. Give them advance notice, you know, four or five days in advance, and that can be any time of the day between nine and five. But then the other side is know that they're making their decisions in the morning. They may not get to it because they have lots of things on the go, but certainly trying to reach out to them between, you know, seven and 10 in the morning is the busiest time of the day in any news department, if you want to use news. And if you're going to send something in, it's going to be competing against all the other people who are sending information in. So I would say no, first thing in the morning is not a good time to send in an idea because that's the busiest time of the day. Maybe after 10, after 11, up until 2 in the afternoon kind of thing, you can send it. If this is something for an event or, or an announcement that you're making that's happening down the road, uh, does that kind of fit where you were looking for? Yeah, I think that really helps because, I mean, I'm still of the old school thinking that i got to get in first thing in the morning. But what you're saying makes sense because, you know, marketing to me is about standing out from the crowd. So if you want right. to stand out from the crowd, maybe you need to alter that time of delivery. The other thing that I learned, Tony, and I always try to practice with the likes of you and David and a few other, Mike, I think Mike Yanni was a gentleman's name or City TV yeah. back in the day. Yep. You know, when you guys called, whatever I had on my schedule automatically got cleared and I made time for you. How important is it to, uh, you know, be available to the media when they need you as a resource? Is it is it just as important today as it was, say, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago when we started working together? Yes, it is. The media has a short attention span and it has to do with their deadlines. So let's take a, a print reporter who's working on a deadline. His, store, his paper comes out at the next morning. He has to have his story filed and written before it's printed that night. So, you know his deadline's going to be five o'clock. A, a TV reporter's deadline is going to be maybe two o'clock in the afternoon because their news goes on the air at five o'clock. Um, a radio reporter, the same thing, you know, that, that type of thing. It's really, really important to be aware of that fact, to be aware of their deadlines in advance and knowing that in advance gives you a little bit of a window to work with. Tony, is there any truth to the rumor? And this might not apply to all in the media world. But, you know, what I learned was if you say no to a journalist once and they find another source, it's really, really hard to get back in the, into their so-called good books. Is there any truth to that? It, it all depends on, okay, so I'll go back a step to the question you had before. It is important for you to respond as quickly as possible to the media when they call because they have a very short attention span. If their deadline is two o'clock, if their deadline is, is you know, 11 o'clock or whatever, if they haven't heard from you in 15 minutes, they're going to go somewhere else. They're going to talk to somebody else. And the risk is that other person they go talk to may be their new go-to person because they got to them right away 
and they were a really good interview and they provided all the right information, I'm going to keep that person in my contact list because they were there when I needed them. They gave me everything I needed when I asked. The other guy's okay. He's still in my book too. But who am I going to go to next time? I'm going to go to the guy who is more dependable because I've got to meet my deadline. I've got to get the right information. And I want somebody who's got useful information and content that I'm going to be able to use for, for my story or the article that I write. Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, the the path of least resistance or the dependable people that, you know, that's in right. any, any part of business and life yeah. in, in general, right? You, you'll still be a source, but you've got to use your opportunity. You've got to seize that opportunity. Uh, and you may not get that opportunity another time. It's like anything in public relations or, or marketing. You know, you grab the opportunity when you can. And if the media calls, that could be a big opportunity and it could be develop into a, an ongoing relationship with you. You know, one a couple of notes I made before we talked today was talking a little bit about identifying yourself and what can you bring to the media and establishing yourself as a credible, reliable source of information for or, or being an expert in a certain field. If you can establish that and be and that means being available when they call or reaching out to them, that can serve you really well. So that'll that brings up another question then, Tony. Are those media kits or press kits, are they important these days? Because I know back in the day we all get our press kit together with all our clippings and all the stuff that we were, you know, we we did, and I would send it to a you know a guy like you and say, hey, I'm available as a as a source. So, are, right. Is doing something like that still still important today? I think it is important to establish yourself. You know, if you've got some expertise in an area that is going to benefit their audience, is going to be useful information that their audience can use, whether it's advice. Or whether it's a, you know a warning about a particular type of say IT issue or something like that, it goes back to what I talked about in the beginning. You have to know the right people to reach out to. So let's say identify people in various media outlets who are who have a kind of they're the ones who write about or broadcast do broadcasts about technology and IT issues and information and management and, and that type of thing, okay? So know who those key people are in the community. Know who the decision makers are in the media outlets, like the people who will ultimately say, hey, this is a good issue or a good topic. We should reach out to this guy. So if you, first of all, know who the right people are to, to contact in the media about your expertise, and then you can make a pitch. And that's different than a news release. A news release is, I've got some news, I'm gonna release it, it's really big, I'm telling you about it before it happens so you're prepared, okay? That's a news release. Well, if you haven't got a big announcement and it isn't going to be uh, some big you know, day that you're going to be releasing it, then it's just information, it's a pitch. And so pitches are great as long as they go to the right people and knowing who those people are are very important. You know, news editors and producers, individual reporters, that type of thing. And then that pitch, that pitch has to be put together in such a way that it speaks to their audience. What does it mean to me? Why is this important to our audience? And if you can find a way to, to make that clear right off the top, so you talked about including the media kit, you know, background information and all of that. The more attachments you put in a news release, in an email, the less chance you have of getting your message across. 
Remember what I talked about, you know, between seven and 10, how busy they are, how many decisions they have to make about the news of that day, how many other people are sending them information. I don't have time to open attachments and try to find out what you're sending me unless it's right there staring me in the face. So from my media relations background, my advice to everybody is, if you're gonna send something to the right people in the media, make it right plain as day, right on the email, don't make them work for it. So don't put attachments and backgrounders and, and, and pictures and all, just put it right on the main page, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm the news editor and I get this email from somebody and I open it up, I should be able to see right away what it is they're trying to ask me about and I shouldn't have to work for it. And I totally agree with that, Tony, because the best ones I ever done are sometimes are very quick. And again, it gets into relationships as you get to know people and get working with people. Sometimes those says, hey, Tony, I just wrote about the data breach at one of these banks in, in Calgary. You know, we, you know, if you need somebody to yeah. help you, you know, do a story, I'm available, right? And, but that comes with that, the, that kind of relationship. But something as simple as that sometimes makes, yes. makes all the difference in the world. I wrote some notes down before this, and that was one of the key things is, be aware of what issues are happening in your field in the world, in the community out there. So if you're aware of something, let's say all of a sudden you start getting calls and emails from clients and people about something that's going on and you're going, why am I getting all this, all, all this feedback? Well, what's happening out there? Well, if you're sensing, if you're spending all your time on a particular problem or issue that's developed, that could be something that other people in the community are dealing with as well. So that's an opportunity for you to contact the media and the right people in the media and say, hey, I'm an IT uh, expert in this particular field. We're really getting a lot of uh, calls and, and emails from people about this particular problem. We've discovered here's what's happening. This might be a value to your audience. I'm willing to talk about it with you. There you go. But being aware of what's going on out there, Maybe it's not something you're dealing with. Maybe it's an issue that's related to, you know, uh, something that's happening uh, in the news, like a headline news, a national story or, or, or something like that. You want to localize it and, find, and give your audience in the local community how they can help, how they can deal with the same thing at the local level if it's a big national issue. And that's where being aware of what's going on around you and how your job or what you do, you know, fits into that. And then the, who are the right people to communicate that that information and there's no shortage of stuff going on in the it space we don't not no. over the years you no, know just open all. up any online news <laughs> open up the newspaper every day but look, go read any new paper online you'll see that there's always a data breach here a data breach there a major virus outbreak yeah. uh, you know and another the other recommendation i have tony and i don't this is this didn't work with you and i because you and i already had a working relationship but i remember when this configure virus thing came out like in it was, it was actually actually after i sold it matters and it was a bulletproof so probably nine years ago now we wrote a blog based on just watching trends in chat on online chat forms that this thing was happening it was it was a big april the first virus was supposed to take out take, take down the internet which never did happen it was the biggest hoax in internet history at that time and uh, we wrote a blog post about it but that day the herald called me cbc put me on the radio for like 30 minutes at, the t at that time on some afternoon radio show you know just by just from us writing one blog yeah. post and being a thought leader because all the media were going out searching for resources in calgary at the time to who can come and talk about it and they happened to find our blog post 
I think that's very important as well as you know, demonstrate thought leadership in, in your own audience as well. You have hit on something that's very, very important for anyone who is going to be interacting with the media or interacting with the public in general uh, from an information point of view. It's all about establishing yourself as a, a credible resource, an expert in their field. It's what I've penned as managing your profile. Okay, so you're in the business of, of marketing and you know about the online or the digital profile of companies, social media, their own websites, how to make your website stand out. That's what you do. But that's very, very important in terms of what the media looks for when they're looking for people to reach out to in the community. So I'm the first thing I'm going to do as a reporter is saying, my editors come to me and said, hey, uh, we've got this uh, story thing happening. Uh, they don't know much about it. They're just giving you a couple of tidbits. Can you see what's going on in this particular area? There's some kind of virus going around and, and we're trying to get some more information on it. So the first thing I do is I go on my computer and I Google IT companies Calgary. And hopefully you're one of those people who's positioned yourself so that your name comes up on page one. and I'm going to look at your website. I'm going to look at any social media uh, posts that you've put out there. I'm going to try to establish whether you have any expertise in the area I'm looking for. And, and there you go. That's the most important part is managing your profile, establishing yourself through your social media profile, through your online profile as a person who's knowledgeable and a person to go to for expertise in a particular area. I, as the reporter, me as the media that's what i do to try to find my experts and try to find the people i'm going to reach out to for the stories i'm doing that's the way they work every single day so you know one of the big debates that we have tony and one of the services that we offer is uh, we have a syndicated content service and we try to be the eyes and ears for all of our clients and you know by pushing out the syndicated content on things that are going on because we all know that our clients are you know very well they're, most of them are marketing aware what the importance of it, but a lot of them just don't have the time to do it properly, not like I did back in the day. So we provide that as So what I'm hearing you kind of gives me some justification to that service is because you're going on, if you're doing it, other media professionals are doing the exact same thing. You're looking for just some kind of idea that this, this company, you know, in the know about what's going on in the technology world, Yep. And their their last blog post wasn't from 2017. If you exactly. if you see that, you're probably you're hitting the back button and going to the next guy, right? Exactly, I am. I'm looking for current content. I'm looking for some something that gives me the sense that you're the right person to talk to for the story I'm working on. It it could be keywords. It could be uh, you know topics, headlines. It could be things you've written. It's all in the way you structure your profile, your digital or online profile. You know. That's the key, and that's what I look for. And and even social media. I mean, if you take a look at you know how media uses Twitter and Instagram and Facebook now, heck, there are media outlets every day who who spend who they have people who do nothing but troll Facebook looking for news tips and what are people talking about in the community on Facebook? What are trending topics? They do that every single day because they're looking for what that's the new way of communicating in the community and society. They're looking, they're trolling for news ideas on social media sites because that's where people communicate these days. I mean, if you really want to take it 
the press release is passe. You know, if you want to get something out there, post it on your Facebook page. And I bet you any money, somebody in the media is going to find out about it because people start talking about it and uh, exchanging and sharing information. That's kind of the new reality. So that, that brings up another question then based on, you know, 2019 standards. Um, do you think that emailing pitch ideas to a journalist is kind of old school and we should be sending them messages to their Twitter account by direct messages or some other uh, way of doing because I know a lot of I know for me Twitter for me is just following uh, journalists and see what you know what they're talking yeah. about and I think that for me it just well obviously just look at the state of the union down here in the U.S. with uh, all the stuff going on every you know Fox CNN all these guys all they seem to be putting a lot of emphasis on Twitter the only time that you would be communicating with someone in the media or a journalist through a Twitter account or, or Facebook or Messenger, um, it would be if, you're all, if you already know them. Now, on the converse side, the media quite often uses direct messaging and Messenger to reach out to people when they don't know them because, let's say, I have a name, but I don't have an address, I don't have a phone number, but I know that person, I'm trying to reach out to them, we often use uh, direct messaging and messenger to try to reach out to those people um, and just you know identify them with so-and-so media, we're looking to talk to you about something, that kind of thing. But from your side of the coin, not unless you've already established a relationship with them. Um, that's kind of almost like, why is this person, it's like an unwanted phone call. Why is this person reaching out to me? You know, like, I don't know you and, and don't use my Twitter account to try to sell me a story. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, I mean, so, but, so, you know, it really yes, just emphasizes, it emphasizes the point that social media is still very important that for all those naysayers out there are saying, well, I don't get Twitter. I don't get Facebook. It's not, you know, Mike, here's, here's what I get. My clients aren't on Facebook. Well, it's not necessarily your clients. It's the whole marketplace and community in general yes. that you're oh, trying totally. to get to. Absolutely. Um, you may not want to put your business on a Facebook page, but uh, I mean, and many people do. And, but it is, it, you know, Definitely important, and you know, and going back to what you talked about, reaching out to the media. A news release, email, not a news release. A an email is still the number one way to go for reaching out to the media. But there are different sources, different ways to reach out. You can email the news editor in a newsroom, but you can also email the online editor, who's the person who writes the content for their website. Who's the person that produces their, their morning news interview show? You know, who's the guy that makes the decisions on what stories they're going to cover for that day? And who are the individual reporters? This goes back to what I'm saying. If you know the right people, you can email them directly and your message doesn't get lost in, in space because you've sent it to some generic address everybody writes to. You know, the newsroom email address gets 200, 300 emails a day. You want to stand out by getting it to the right person and and the people who will notice it and take time to read it. And so gets us me into another area, Tony, about services like helperreporter.com. Are those uh, something that you're recommending to people that you're working with to you know pay attention to those services as well? Because I think we get like five or six emails a day from I think it's owned by Sizian now. Yeah. But it started off, it started off with just a guy in his basement, I guess, doing this and. Uh, we find tremendous value in there from journalists looking for sources for, you know, everything from the community blog right up to places like the Wall Street Journal. Uh, you know, I guess it, it comes back to knowing as much as you 
you can about the media and how it works. You have to know who the media are. I've already briefly touched upon that. You know, know what the different outlets are. Know the difference between TV, radio, online. Who are the influencers? Know who to contact in the media. That's a very valuable thing to have in your back pocket as, as someone who may one day have to, to reach out and, and pitch an idea or market themselves in, in certain ways. So those resources you talked about can be very, very useful. Whether you need to pay anything for that, I would say is somewhat debatable. You could probably find out just as much Googling, how do I pitch a news story? Google it and you'll probably get just as much information no one's going to give you a clear path or get your story pitched faster than if you do it yourself, unless you're going to hire a PR company to manage your campaign, your image campaign. So and that's totally different than pitching a story or pitching an idea. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, we do that as we, again, we do that as a service to our clients with the fact that we, know, we understand that they're just, you know, they just don't have the right resources or the commitment or the knowledge to do it properly. Uh, and so yeah, we, we take some of that heavy lift. We take that some of that heavy lifting off their plate. But you offer a package, and what I'm saying is, if somebody's just going to say to you, "We're going to help you get your business in the news," I'm sorry, that doesn't work anymore. But no, you offer a wider package of services, and one of them being approaching the media. But that's managing your brand and that type of thing. You know, that that's a different thing than somebody reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, we'll we'll make sure you get coverage on the news." That that doesn't, you know. Yeah, you know, and I think Tony, it doesn't work. And you and I have had conversations about this in the past that those people that see leveraging the media as an advertising platform right. most most often won't go very far. No. It's to me, I always approach it as a community service. I, you know, actually, now that you retired and I, you know, I'm out of the Calgary market, my deep down thought was, I want to be that guy who walks like one block downtown Calgary and everybody stops and says, hey, you were on the news last night. <laughs> That's right. But there my is... dog is more popular because when Archie, my black terrier, was a pup, we took a picture of him sitting on the back of our sofa one day and we sent it into CBC on their Saturday morning show and he got yeah. He got on the air that morning yeah. and we just happened to stop like outside of Forty area or Crystal Beach. So we went on a drive one day. And Archie was in the car, and he, we took him out for a walk, took him out, and the lady says, "Hey, you're the dog that was on CBC this morning." I go, "Oh, my dog's more popper than I am." Yeah, no, it's amazing. No, yeah, there's a very, very, very big distinction between advertising and information. All right, yeah. it, it, um, advertising is what you you pay for, and and you get somebody professional who can work on it, your image and your brand and your message. Advertising is, you know, you don't get free advertising on the news anymore. The people in, in the media, they know when they're being sold, trying to be sold something. And that's mm -hmm. why it goes back to what I started with. You know, what do you have to offer that is actually added value, information, content, news you can use that the audience is going to take away with? There's a big trend in advertising right now. And that is in online advertising in particular. Everybody has an opinion about pop-up ads on, on various websites that they go to, right? But there's a difference between an advertisement and a bit of information. So if that little pop-up 15-second ad or 30-second ad has information in it, information you can use and you can say, oh, I didn't know that or, wow, that's cool. 
It's not an advertisement. It becomes useful information. So that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to find a way to, to leave that media outlet and, and their audience with something that they didn't know before, you know, something they can use. And I talk to people every day, Tony, about that and say, you know, gone are the days are you even trying to sell even through your marketing efforts. It's really how do you be a thought leader, community, you know, sharing yeah. information with the community. And there's another great book for those keeping tabs, all the great books that I recommend. And that people have rec heard me say this their book called They Ask You Answer, where you're answering questions that people are having in the marketplace. That is the right approach. And I think just gone are the days of that sales message. How do, how do you feel when people are selling to you all the time? And I think it's, that's, yeah. you got to put yourself in that, in that, in that, in those shoes and say, well, I don't particularly care for it, but I, I will read or watch a video online about something that's informative that's going to help me either yes. do my job better or keep me safe or help me make, yes. you know, a, as a business owner, help me keep, make more money and more profits, right? That's what, it, that's what's going to get my attention. Not, you know, talking to me about, uh, you know, how you can, you know, how you're going to sell me the latest antivirus software. That's not going to help me. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. You have to be very, very conscious of the information that you're providing. It, it's got to be useful information and something that people can take, take something away from. Exactly. So, Tony, hey, we got to wrap up. It's been a great half hour or so talking with you, and always great to reconnect with you. Uh, any anything else we want to you want to bring up that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? You know, I think the the only other thing is if you are serious about reaching out to the mass media, you want to try to use your expertise to get a little exposure. Okay, not advertising, exposure for yourself. If that is something you're interested in, if, if you, you've got the, the idea that you want to be a, an expert or be used for your expertise, the next step would be just, first of all, I'll repeat, know who the media are, know who to contact in the media, know what your expertise and information is. And the next part is take a little time to learn how to prepare. Just Try to learn a little bit. If you're going to go all the way, definitely learn a little bit about how to prepare for interviews, how to train for presentations. There's a difference between, you know, me and you talking on the phone and actually sitting in front of somebody and trying to express yourself and explain yourself properly. So there's a little bit of training that's required just in terms of preparation to deal with the media and, and a little bit of media training. So if that, you know, if you if you want to go all the way, definitely uh, invest in that so tony after a great 40-year career in, in broadcasting in canada what are you doing now are you doing any consulting or anything on the side that if somebody wanted to you know hire you as a media coach uh, are you do you offer that as a service now i am in semi-retirement certainly left broadcasting uh, as a career but I'm still involved in the community here in Calgary. I'm, I volunteer for a couple of organizations, the library, Calgary Reads, literacy is a big part of, big thing for me. You know, I help a few organizations, nonprofits with media training. I do have a, a, a website, uh, tonytie.com, in which I am offering some consulting in media training mostly, uh, media training or media presentation. I'm not doing it full time. I'm offering my services for those who need help, but uh, I'm also semi-retired, and so I need to, you know, there's a lot of time for myself as well. And, of course, now that uh, spring is hopefully around the corner in uh, southern right. Alberta, a lot of time to play golf, too, I hope. You got it. 
All right. Well, Tony, you know, TonyTie.com, I'll put that in the comments below for anybody who uh, wants to check out his website. You know, if you have anything that you want to talk to Tony about, you can reach him through his website. Tony, as always, a great pleasure to, uh, you know, have the 30 minutes of your valuable time. And I know, uh, you know, as you're outside of the broadcasting world now, time is, of course, very valuable to you. So I'm very appreciative of you taking some time out to talk to us today. No problem. Thank you, Stuart, for the opportunity. It was great talking and- to you. And all my best to uh, your lovely bride there. I haven't, it's been years since uh, Anita and I have talked, so give my best to her, please. For sure, I will. So, folks, we got another great uh, podcast lined up with Thomas Vafinski coming up in the next uh, few weeks. Thomas is a lawyer out of Minneapolis who works with managed service providers. going to give us some, maybe some free legal advice. You never know what can get, come out of that conversation. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to learn more about Tony, please go to TonyTie.com. This is Stuart Crawford signing off for the MSP show today. Thanks again for uh, tuning in and being part of our audience. If you have any comments, leave them in the feedback uh, area below. And if you want to be a guest on the MSP show, feel free to, uh, as Tony mentioned, give us your pitch. And we'll see if uh, the uh, it's valuable to the audience. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll sign off for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.